Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is why creating a customer-centric brand is vital to the com- to your company's growth. This week's guest is the CEO of Orient Digital, an e-commerce entrepreneur. His sites have generated over $75 million in worldwide sales. Added to that is a coach's clients have combined for sales of another $100 million. In addition, he is the host of the e-commerce podcast. A big welcome to Matt Edmondson. Hi, Matt. Hey, how are you doing, Andy? Great. We're excited to have you today. Why wow, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now let's let's jump right in and start with becoming a customer centric brand. How are you defining a customer centric, and why why is it so vital? So customer centric, it it's one of those things where um, it made a massive difference to my business. This is why it's vital. I'm talking from experience. Is probably the best way to 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 say it. Um, if you imagine um, the sort of the intersection of me, the brand owner, and the customer, if you imagine the sort of the intersection of where those two stories meet, if I can understand that, if I can understand what's important to my customer and the context of what's also important to me as a business, that to me is like, a, that's a gold mine right there. That's where you should definitely be operating your business. And so customer centric for me is understanding where those two things collide and where that where that overlap is and, and how I can play in it. Now, one of my projects here in the new year is, is focusing extensively on, on how e-commerce companies can improve their conversion, whether mm-hmm. whether it's focusing on on developing your USC USP or or really defining your target market. I'm curious, where do you see being a customer centric brand fitting into the whole conversion puzzle? So being a customer centric brand fits in really well uh, with conversion in a, in a massive way. And if you think about, um, well, I'll tell you a story, Andy, is probably the best way. I to love stories. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all love <laughs> stories, right? So um, years ago in 2006, we started a, an e-commerce website, which was selling beauty products. Okay. And the website was called Jersey. And the website sold beauty products um, in what I call a price uh, price quality model. In other words, we sold quality products at a low price. We we tried to be the cheapest, which meant we could do um, quite a lot of customer acquisition. Okay, and for a couple of years, that model worked well for us. Uh, but as time started to change and evolve, we made the decision uh, in 2012 
to move from what I call the sort of the price quality model to the quality service model. So we had to deliver much better customer service. We had to be much more customer centric, in other words. And so we did this, uh, which meant our prices went up because to be customer centric, you have to have money to sort of to be able to sort of finance the whole thing. And it, it meant a lot of changes in the business, if I'm honest with you. There's a few things that had to change. But the net result of that change, right, moving to a more customer-centric model, meant that over the next 12 months, our sales actually fell. Mm. They, they didn't rise. <laughs> uh, much to my disappointment, they fell. And I thought, goodness me, what's going on here? Have I, have I made the wrong choice? But we held our nerve because I understood that actually when it came to conversion, there are two conversions. There's the first time they buy from you and then there's the second time they buy from you. And what was happening was a lot of the people that would buy from us the first time who would buy from us because we were the cheapest weren't buying anymore. And a lot of the people that would buy from us the second time because we were the cheapest weren't buying from us anymore. But the customers that actually valued the customer service were buying from us an awful lot more. And so what that meant was the first 12 months, our conversions had fallen, bizarrely. Uh, well, not bizarrely, it's kind of to be but you're not, Yeah, you're not the lowest price anymore. Yeah, exactly. But the second year, um, the increase in sales out was massively bigger than the fall in sales the previous year. And when you looked at the data, when you looked at the numbers, a big chunk of that was because of repeat purchases from customers who had experienced good customer service. So our conversion in repeat customers went up. The average order value in those conversions went up massively to the point where we were actually outstripping the industry average by quite a bit. And so uh, in the second year, when those figures started to come in, we we knew we'd made the, the right choice. So. I think if you treat a customer right and if you treat a customer fairly, then they'll come back to you time and time again. And you can build a loyal brand with your customers. Um, and that's actually that's important if you want to be around in the long term. And, and so for me, where does it fit in the conversion puzzle? Right smack bang in the middle of it. And if I'm honest with you, man, you made a, a lot of great points. I love that story. You know, one of the points that you made and that a lot of business owners really it's, I mean, you can't compete on price, right? You can't, you can't be the lowest one. There's always going to be somebody lower. And if you're doing that, you're not going to have any customer loyalty because they're really, they're loyal to the price. Exactly. And so somebody comes along lower, they're going to go to Amazon. They're going to do all these things, but you're, you're not that repeat businesses is going to be missing for sure. Now, is that usual if a company switches to a customer-centric model? Have you found with your coaching clients, I mean, have you seen a lot of people see that dip in sales initially? Yes, um, especially because it usually means a price rise. Uh, and so if you can become more customer-centric and not increase prices, um, then you you tend not to notice it as much. Um, although we get bizarrely in the, in the beauty company that we had, we started to get we we had a few complaining emails uh, from people saying, you know what, I used to buy from you, but I don't appreciate this happy jolly sort of trying to be my friend kind of email. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
And so we were like, well, fair enough. You know, here's here's two or three websites that may be able to help you, you know, <laughs> go go buy from these guys. And so so yes, I I I think it it is possible that you could see a dip in sales, but I think ultimately you see a much bigger return on, on your sales when you focus in an awful lot more on the customer. Uh it it, it makes a lot of sense to do that. So how can a website determine their level of customer centricity? I guess, is it an all or nothing? Is there, you know, do you take a look if people come to you? Are you rating it on a scale of one to 10? I mean, what, what are some ways that you can really measure, some tools you can measure, and how can you look to improve? Well, in e-commerce, the, the easiest measurement to look at is going to be how many people buy from you a second time, how many people buy from you a third time, how many people buy from you a fourth time. Now, I appreciate this is going to change industry to industry. You know, we were selling beauty products. I now have a website which sells supplements. These are very repeatable products. If I had a, uh, you know, a, a site selling, I don't know, um, couches, then obviously the repeat purchase rate is going to be different so you have to you have to right. peg it against your industry and what goes on in your industry but if you have a customer centric site two things happen number one uh your re your repeat businesses uh, your repeat purchases go up um and number two your referability goes up so you find that you get more customers from your customers who are referring you to people um, and so you have what I call the RR measure, the sort of the, the repeatability and the referability. And so that there for me, they're the two quick, easy measures to look at. The other things that you can look at, uh, which are a bit more nuanced are things like your customer service emails. So how many people are writing in? What are the kind of things they're saying in their customer service emails? What are they saying about you on social media? Um, are they saying all negative things or are there some good things as well? Uh, you know, what's the message that they're giving out? Because that's that's super important. And in fact, um, Apple, they measure something called the NPS. I don't know if you, your listeners may or may not be familiar with this. It's the net presenter score. Um, and they basically ask you to fill out a simple statement, uh, which says on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to refer us to a friend? coming back to that referability side of things. Um, and their, their chief concern is to keep an NPS score of eight or more. Um, and so you can survey your clients. You can ask them on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to refer us? And you can check that scale uh, and see where see where customers are. But that's some of the easier ways to, to measure your customer centricity. Do you actively try to engage customers to refer i know there's yes. like different referral programs you can use such like that give them points i mean how how are you doing that yeah i i, I think it's a great question andy and i think um yes is the short answer <laughs> uh we actively encourage some of our customers to refer us um and we again it's going to depend on your companies and your industries and where you're at but you're looking for your best customers, um, your, your evangelists, your um, influencers, your promoters, whatever language you use to describe them. You're looking for the people that buy from you two, three, four, five times. They're always buying from you on a regular basis and they're always buying more than the average cart value is. 
Um, these have the potential to be your raving fans. And I think uh, we we would always encourage those people to refer. And you can use referral systems like Mention Me or, you know, there's a bucket load of them, isn't there? Where, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, where you can sign up to their program and they give you special links. And, uh, you know, if you if I refer you, Andy, you get $10 off and I get a $10 voucher next time I shop or something like that's quite a common thing these days. Um, and so you're rewarding customers for referring you, which I think I don't think is a bad thing. I think that's a good strategy to use part of your marketing budget. Um, so, yeah, but I, I wouldn't necessarily do it with all of my customers. I think um, because our customers can get so bombarded with messages, you have to be really clear on the consumer journey, really. And so if you've got a customer who's just purchased from you for the first time and they purchased under the average order value, well, you want to send them educational content. You want to onboard them uh, to your company, to your products, to your values, long before you ask them for a referral. So don't confuse them. Do you see what I mean? So, uh, so yes, uh, is the short answer. Uh, the long answer is focus on your um, your best customers, uh, those that are most likely to go out and refer you and shout good things from the from the rooftops about you. Uh, and if you can reward them in some way for doing that. What advice would you give to someone who already has an online store and maybe they're not customer centric? Maybe they've been doing what you were doing, competing on price, um, competing on shipping, the things that make you a commodity. How, how important would you tell them it is to make a change to become customer centric to, mm -hmm. to grow in your company? I think that all depends on who you are as a business right so to be customer centric to and to focus a lot more in on the customer um is more than just a sales strategy so um if you're the kind of company that you're just you, you don't really care it's all about getting the numbers through the door you are selling commodities and you're getting it out there then becoming more customer centric is probably not going to help you because it's slightly inauthentic and I think customers pick up on that, if I'm honest with you. Um, and so to be more customer centric, I think, is a good thing in certain circumstances. And so um, being customer centric, for example, um, is good if you are um, competing with Amazon. Let's say you sell a product and Amazon are also selling that product. And so why would people go to you rather than Amazon? Because Amazon ship quicker and better and faster and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, it's it's got the reputation. But what Amazon doesn't have, because Amazon's just a commodity site. So what Amazon doesn't have is the ability to deal direct with the customer that you have, the, the ability to educate the customer, to understand what their values are, to get alongside them, to help them, um, to to teach them stuff that they never knew before. I mean, if I, for example, I don't know, pick a random product like a tennis racket. I could go to Amazon and buy a tennis racket. Uh, but if I come to your website, um, if you're just selling tennis rackets, you're just selling tennis rackets. But if you're wanting to be a bit more customer centric, it's going to require a bit more effort from you because what you're doing is you're creating blog posts on how to choose the right tennis racket. You've got YouTube videos showing me um, how to do the grip on my tennis racket so much better. You've got... Uh, you know, a, a coupon which says, listen, when you need to get your tennis racket restrung, send it back here. We do, you know, free shipping both ways to help you do that. We'll do it for you. No problem. 
um you know how to choose the right tennis ball uh, you know uh three three things to look out for when you're trying to find a tennis coach so there's all this content and education that i can give you and i can deliver that through blogs through video through social media through email sequences and i can i can get you really involved in that you know like um shot of the week emails it's like subscribe to our emails and we'll we'll, we'll send you you know, like instructions on on how to do a new shot every week. Um, you understand, I'm not a tennis coach, and I'm just totally making this right. Up. No, no, no. It's yeah, but no, it's a great analogy. So yeah, I, and and my apologies if you do know tennis, and I've just kind of butchered your sport. But um, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? That's the kind of that's where you can win. But to do that requires a lot of effort. Takes a lot of and passion. It does take passion, and it takes knowledge, and if you are a commodity website, it's hard just to manufacture that, right? And so a lot of people hear stories about this type of thing and go, that's great. So I'm going to hire this person, this person, and this person, but it all falls flat really. And it doesn't really go anywhere. And so I think going back to my original statement, you have to understand where the overlap between your business and your business story and your business values, where that overlaps with your customer's story and their values and if you can play in that gap then you're going to do really really well but to play in that gap you have to understand both things and it it's got to work for you as a business it's got to work for the customer um and being customer centric takes energy and it takes effort which is why your prices have to go up you've got to pay for it right so um so yeah i i th I, I don't ever think it's too late i mean we were five years in and we were turning over millions when we did it so um, you know, it's never too late uh, at all. Um, but I think when you go down that road, go go down it with your eyes open um, and be committed to it and authentic to it, and you'll do really well. Do you have some examples of customer-centric brands that a listener could could work to emulate? Yeah, oh, geez. I mean, there's lots of them, right? So, uh, and again, you you probably will have come across some in your industry or at least where you buy stuff from if you think about where you purchase your own stuff from so i buy stuff from amazon because i'm just after something quick and commoditized but there's say there's a clothing brand for example that um is called through dark and my they they really connected well with my son through social media and um, they engaged him with content with educational information that really intrigued him and so he then started telling me about it. And lo and behold, I now buy stuff from ThruDark. Um, and so for me, they're a great example of someone who's gone, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. We, we're going to connect with people like that. And we're going to see our brand grow accordingly. Um, Zappos is probably the most well-known customer-centric brand, or at least it used to be. Um, there's a book written by Tony Shea called um, Delivering Happy. I think that's what it's called. Who was the CEO of Zappos, which was the book I read, which kind of kickstarted me on this whole journey, if I'm honest with you, um, down this sort of this whole avenue. Uh, and so, yeah, check, you know, check that out. Check out Zappos. But go to any small brand website and you'll see you'll see some customer centricity done very, very well. Now, if you had a magic ball, you could look in the future, 12 to 18 months. What do you see happening with e-commerce over the next, next bit? 
I think for me, I mean, obviously Amazon is is around, right? So Amazon's going to sort of stay where it is. Um, I don't think I don't I don't really see that changing. But what I do see is a lot of brands who will sell on Amazon also trying to grow their own sites, their own brands. Um, and to do that, I think you're going to have to tell story really, really well uh, is what I think is going to have to happen. And so I, I'll see I'll see brands becoming more customer centric, become better at telling story, be better at um, drawing in their tribe. And I think we're going to see people doing that through new tools like live selling, I think will be a big thing. Um, I think that will be a massive thing. Uh, the fall in Facebook, I, I do wonder whether Facebook can rescue themselves uh, or whether we're going to find other sort of sources. I was just chatting with a guy called Brett Curry, who's the CEO of um, OMG Commerce. They're a big a a ads agency specializing in YouTube ads predominantly. And um, and just some of the stuff he was talking about, I'm like, well, I can see now people moving from Facebook to YouTube um over the next sort of 12 to 18 months so i think you'll see a, a, a sort of a, a chunk of that sort of happen i think you'll see a number of businesses collapse and fold that started up in the pandemic that sort of took advantage of that now we're hitting harder sort of um markets you know the the uk's got a recession the us probably got a recession you know there's um there's the cost of living crisis going on there's a war in ukraine that's impacting everything um, and now it's getting a little bit tough. I wonder how many of those businesses that started up in the, in under lockdown in the pandemic is, are going to struggle. Uh, and I think the way you create longevity, if I'm honest with you, again, is via one of well, one of the ways is going to be via customer centricity. So um, they're the kind of things that I see. Do you think it's possible for a company to even compete with Amazon without becoming customer centric? uh i think everything is possible um do i think that's the easy route to take i think it's probably the most complicated route to take um because i think you've either got to have something that amazon doesn't sell and everybody wants um or you've got to have really big deep pockets to drive the customers to your site using paid media uh, to buy from you and i think that's it's possible. It's doable. I just think there's easier ways to do it. And I think um, if you're prepared for a, a sort of a, a bit more investment in customer experience, and if you're prepared to play maybe a medium term game, I think it's a much better strategy. Hey, what's up there? This is Andy. I wanted to take a quick break from the show and talk to you for just one minute. You probably know that I've been called the world's foremost expert in e-commerce growth strategies. But have you ever wondered how I gained all this knowledge? First, you probably guessed it. It's through all the years of interviews I've done with experts and uber successful throughout the e-commerce space right here on the Make Each Click Count podcast. And second, it's through all the courses that are available at Make Each Click Count University. From Facebook to Google Ads to Pinterest to SEO, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel like an expert, go to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. There you will find a course that will help you become an expert in whatever marketing channel you currently need help. Better yet, Choose more than one. Join Make Each Click Count University and join me and other marketing professionals live 
once a month at our monthly marketing members only meeting. Again, you can view all courses at www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, personally, one of my favorite questions, um, personally, are there any business books out there that you can attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? I know you mentioned one already, Delivering Happy, I believe, uh, but are there, are there any other books out there? I read, um, I remember the first sort of business type books that I read that really stick out in my mind, and I still go back to them all these years later. One was uh, Michael Gerber, The E-Myth which I thought was an extraordinary book, made me think about business in a very different way. Um, and I read that just as I was starting out uh, my entrepreneurial journey. There's a book called Business by the Book, which was super helpful. Um, and there's even things like How to Make Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I just That's the one book I've given my kids to read <laughs> because the, the lessons in there are timeless. Um, and so I'd say start with those those three books so they're all incredible books but there's I must read probably 30 40 books a year so there's a lot uh, on my list ending now do you have a favorite success story of a coaching client that you could share oh well um I remember <laughs> sorry I'm laughing I remember there was a, a big pharmaceutical client that I was doing some work for and um I went and was doing some I uh, did a, a, a coaching project with them and I was on site for a week, uh, just following everybody around, shadowing everybody, trying to get my head around the business, how it worked, where the holes were, et cetera, et cetera. And as I did that, um, I, within one or two days, I, I, I quickly discovered, um, I discovered one or two things that I think they could implement pretty much straight away. And so I remember going into the CEO's office and I said to him, listen, um, <laughs> if I tell you a, a way where I think you can make relatively easily an extra million bucks a year without really having to change a whole great deal, would you give me 20% of that uh, increase? <laughs> the CEO, uh, who's actually now a great friend of mine, uh, said in no uncertain terms, he would not give me uh, the 20%, but I should tell him anyway. <laughs> Uh, and so I always remember that story. And that was just very simple. Just I was just walking around his warehouse where he did the distribution and three or four things he could instantly change, you know, in terms of how they distributed, how they set out the warehouse, um, how to prevent picking and pack errors and so on and so forth. And we did. It took me about 30 minutes to do the calculation based on what was currently going on. And it would have made them an extra million a year just by making those changes in the warehouse. That's without getting any more customers in, you know, just uh an extra million in turnover. So there's always ways in e-commerce to um, to increase the income, but there's always ways to sort of decrease the outgoings, especially as technology increases and gets better. Um, and so that was that was good fun. I enjoyed that. Now you had mentioned um, your coaching clients, but how what services are you offering at Orient Digital? So oh gosh. So we, for, first and foremost, I run my own e-commerce businesses. I'm an e-commerce entrepreneur. Um, and the, the more you do that and the more successful you become, the more people ask you for help. So out of that, we, we created Orion. And so Orion does fulfillment services. Um, it does done-for-you e-commerce services. There's a number of e-commerce businesses that we run on behalf of other companies. Um, 
we've got something which I'm super proud of called e-commerce cohort, uh, which is a monthly membership group that people can join. And that's, that's honestly, that's, that's taken up a lot of my time, but it is just so much fun. Uh, so much fun. If anybody's in e-commerce, um, and they want to understand how we do the, the cycle, whenever we do, um, coaching we always take clients through something called cycles the e-commerce cycles and so we're in effect doing this online with the monthly membership group we get experts in to come and teach on different aspects of e-commerce you get opportunities for q a you submit your work and you work on your business and it's just it's great fun so um yeah between the coaching the fulfillment the done few services and cohort we're, we're pretty busy andy i'm not gonna lie well that's great and where can um interested listeners find out more about that uh you can find out more about cohort at ecommercecohort.com um there's a just a real simple landing page there which tells you more about e-commerce cohort so yeah come along try it out see how you get on and then everything else just follow the links to um orion digital which is a-u-r-i-o-n dot digital um, and you can find out more information on the site there well, this has been great is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today uh, these are some great questions, right, about customer centricity. And I think fundamentally, my story is when you focus in on the customer in a way that makes sense for your business, right? And, and, and that's a critical statement to make. But if you can focus in on your customer in a way that makes sense for the business and make them the hero and deliver, you know, there's always that phrase, sell them the steak, deliver the sizzle. And I think if you always deliver more than what they expect, you will do so, so well in e-commerce. You'll create a tribe of loyal people uh, and they'll tell the world about you. Uh, and it, it, it can easily be done. You know, there's a lot of technology out there that can help you. But fundamentally, I think it's a hard thing from the business and it has to come from the founders and the leaders of the business. It has to be integrated. But if you do it, honestly, I've there's nothing else out there, I think, that will have as big an impact on your business. Well, that is great. Those are some great tips, and they'll be really good going into the new year. So for listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding connecting with Matt or Orient Digital, you'll find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We've compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and included each of the contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.